Welcome to Lift Your Legacy. My name is Jacob Rupp, father, husband, and rabbi. And each week, we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you unlock your inner potential and create change that will impact the future. Thank you for listening, and let's get to it. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm thrilled to have on today Yael Bendahan. She is a digital marketing strategist, but we really cover the gamut here. She is a mom of four who became a mother at 19 years old, did not officially finish uh, high school, and is now running a very successful business. So not only do we go into some of the more important fundamentals of social media marketing and and digital marketing in general, but also like how do you how do you start a business when you are you know having lived such a different life from the way that the majority of people have have lived you know you're you're coming in as a as a grown up as a, as a as a parent i think it's a very actually universal challenge a lot of us have when we look at the inconsistencies in our own life where we are not like everybody else but we still want to have normal dreams or big dreams so we we really dive into her own background and some of the mindset components that she needed to build her business and then as, as I love to do, we really kind of get into the nuts and bolts of, of marketing and, and what she's really good at. So with no further ado, Yael Bendahan. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this podcast has been brought to you by me, Jacob Rupp, and Jacob Rupp's consulting, uh, technically Lift Your Legacy. Now, I have to be honest, I help clients often get out of their own way. And something that has really held me up was exactly the same thing, that I was in my own way for months, people have been saying, you know, talk about your coaching, talk about how you help people, share it, etc. And I had a really hard time putting it out there. Why? Because it's not that I don't think I do a great job. I've seen amazing results from my clients, you know, 10x, uh, more than that, businesses, fixed relationships, um, helped people lose a lot of weight, people go on the path of, of making goals and fulfilling their goals, all of these things. I know I do it. And I've been in the coaching space long enough to know that there's a lot of people that don't really deliver. And the ones that do really deliver are, are worth literally their, their weight in gold because so often we're held back by stuff. And it's just like, if only I could get over that, if only I could work through that. And I help people do that. But for me, my big holdup was sharing that I do this in a big way, in a public way, especially on the podcast, because it's awkward. I don't want people to think, oh, I'm just making the podcast to, to sell you stuff or to talk about stuff. So that, that's not what I'm doing. Um, my point is like this. My coaching business is expanding. I'm taking on a few more clients. If you are someone that is struggling in the area of self-esteem, goal setting, health, relationships, or your, or your business, really, um, reach out. I don't know if we're a good fit to work with each other. What I can guarantee you is that we'll get on the phone for half an hour. Uh, I'll hear the kind of challenges you're having. You'll get a good feel, if you don't know me yet, of the kind of work I do, kind of program I would recommend for you. And if it's a great fit, we'll move forward. And if not, not. But I wanted to appreciate very much from the bottom of my heart, the fact that you guys all listen. I appreciate the amazing guests that I have, and I'm really thrilled to have broken through in my own life to the point where I could actually devote a segment to really make a somewhat long-winded, but I think very important advertisement. So if you want to reach out to me, the email is rabbi, R-A-B-B-I, Rupp at gmail.com, and the website is liftyourlegacy.live, 
and at lift your legacy, lift underscore your underscore legacy on Instagram. I think it's pretty simple. You, you know where to find me because you found the podcast. Thank you so much. Well, Ben DeHen, you are a digital marketing strategist, um, an absolute all-star in, in the space of helping people tell their story online and also have like a very cool personal story yourself about how you went from, you know, mom of four with not really sure, you know, kind of what you're going to do to building a successful business uh, in, in the marketplace. So tell me a little bit, just, you know, put your story out there if you could about how you got to where you are today and, and what it is really exactly that you do. Ooh, okay. I mean, do you have a few hours? <laughs> I'm kidding. So yeah, I um, I grew up in New York, um, and my family made Aliyah actually on the very first international flight um, when I was 12, and it was not a very easy transition, to put it mildly. And I uh, so after kind of going back and forth, I went back to the states. I came back here, um, ended up going to Gates and Seminary. Um, I did not actually end up graduating high school. <laughs> I got married when I was 18 to my husband, and we moved to London near his family for a few years, and then came back here. So um, I was basically the daughter of a doctor and a lawyer with like not even a high school diploma and no college degree. But like I didn't really, I didn't really care that much because I had kids at that point. I had two kids and we moved back here, and we had two more since, and um, and I was really really happy just to be the mom and you know do the mom thing, and um, I'm, I'm very good at it. So. Uh, but at some point, and I think as it all, as it always, it always comes, um, we realized that one income was just not going to cut it anymore. And at first I was like, okay, uh, let me look around for jobs. And I realized that, um, the, even the full-time jobs here in Israel for people without any sort of higher education, um, were pretty much maybe going to cover my baby's childcare. He was, he was about one at the time. And, uh, I was like, okay, well that's not happening. I'm not. I'm not gonna leave my baby <laughs> from like seven to five or whatever, so I can just break even. That's ridiculous. So I said, okay, I'm gonna figure out a way to work from home. So um, I started off actually as a blogger because that's apparently what moms do <laughs> is they blog. And then I realized it's kind of like a that's a very long-term income strategy. And so I started using the skills that I I use I learned to become a blogger to help other bloggers and then to help other businesses and it kind of grew from there. So what I am is a digital marketing strategist and I essentially I help businesses market themselves online. So whether it's um, through social media or through email or through content marketing or sales funnels um, or Facebook ads or whatever it is, I basically help them kind of get their name and face and message out there and bring in more clients, customers, sell their stuff sell their message, wherever it is. Amazing. Okay, so let, let's try to go back, if we could, to that thought process that you had when, and I, I think that it's such a uh, prevalent thought process when, again, either it's someone that did not go the conventional path of, you know, high school, college, graduate school, whatever it might be, and or someone that, you know, a woman that took whatever years off of her professional career to, to raise a family. And then as, as you said, kind of gets back either because the financially they need it or because she, she wants to go back to work. What are some strategies that in terms of just the mindset of kind of negotiating back, kind of covering a lot of ground that most people had, you know, in college or, or when they were working without raising a family, what's the mindset shift that has to happen in order for you to kind of get back on your feet or get on your feet quickly? Oh, I mean, I don't like, I don't like saying this um, 
because really it's not, it's not really that that healthy but I, I didn't really sleep much for a couple of years i don't think i haven't really slept much in the past two and a half years but it's getting better <laughs> so basically i um i realized that i especially at the beginning when i wasn't really making that much money um and i still don't we still don't have any regular household help i get a mother's helper couple of days a week and we still don't have a full-time cleaner or anything um even really a part-time cleaner to be honest actually and um so i i realized like there was i had to continue to kind of keep up with my responsibilities as a mom and a wife and managing our home and all the stuff that comes along with it and also figure out a way to make money and so i basically um utilized every spare second I had to do that. So I was like watching trainings while I was holding laundry and I was watching trainings while I was doing dishes and I was watching trainings while I was cooking for Shabbos and, um, you know, and getting out there and practicing and literally, literally, I, I, probably, I probably pulled one or two all-nighters a week, um, you know, for a while because I just was trying to, like I said, I was trying to catch up and I'm lucky because I'm, I'm a very, very, I'm a good, I'm, I'm a reader. I've been reading since I was four and I'm a very fast learner and so I'm, I'm able to do that. I was able to kind of take in a lot of information in a relatively short space of time. Um, but I think it's literally, it's kind of, and people always say like, oh, well, like, you know, like, how'd you do that? And like, you know, you're so awesome or whatever. And I'm like, that was just, it's something I felt I had to do. Like for me, um, staying home with my kids wasn't something I was willing to compromise on. I did not want to go out to work. And I was like, okay, so I will have to just figure out a way to, to do this. Um, and you know, to stay home with them and make enough money to make it worth, you know, to make it worth the time I spend on it. Because for me, every, every minute I spend working is a minute I'm not with my children or taking care of my home or taking care of my kids or whatever. So, um, to me, it's very important that as my business, business grows, I mean, at the beginning, there's a certain amount of, you know, grunt work, so to speak, you have to do to get the experience and to keep growing. But then after a while, um, it's more about working smarter versus harder and, um, and figuring out how to leverage your time better as you know, as as a mom, because like I mean, we don't want to spend all our time away from our kids. I, mean, I hope, I, mean, I hope you have kids. You don't want to spend all your time away from your kids. So, um, so yeah, I think it, it's it was definitely it was definitely a struggle, and it's still a struggle. Um, it was definitely an adjustment for my kids too, because they went from like having this stay-at-home mom who's like devoted like every second of her life to them to a mom who had other things to do, and um, and it's I think it's been a learning curve for all of us. Do you, I think one of the things that, that perhaps you can speak to something you had to overcome or something that just never really popped into your radar is that as a person tries to go back in and compete in the, in the, whatever, in the, in the working world, did you ever feel a level of, of, of frustration or, you know, like, like negativity, like of only I hadn't kind of followed the path that I was on or are you saying that the path that you're on actually gave you, again, I'm saying like specifically as a, as a religious woman that, that obviously put her, you know, you know, the, the religious education above the, the secular education. And then as a, as a, as a young mother, did that fuel you or were there like those dark moments where you're like, geez, if only I had just started working in a normal job, you know, when I was like 17, I wouldn't be in this situation. What, what was that like? Oh, um, really, so to be honest, I don't think I don't think I would be where I am if I if I'd gone the regular because I mean for me to have gone that like traditional sort of route, I don't think I would have succeeded so well in college here in Israel because of the language barrier. Um, you know, and and so for, for for that to happen, we would have not moved to Israel. I probably would have gone to college in the States and I don't even know how I would have met my husband because he's from London, right? So I mean I don't really see how that would have it would have worked any differently. And um it it does, it does sometimes make me feel a little bit 
at a disadvantage or, you know, sometimes I'm like, you know, like, ooh, you know, like I didn't, I didn't go to college. And sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, I did not waste four years in college. Like I managed to do all this and learn whatever I'm learning in two years and I'm making probably more money than some people who went to college and, you know, got their masters or whatever, whatever it is they did. I mean, I don't think that college necessarily is a, um, is a like predictor of future success necessarily. Um, <laughs> I mean, it could be, but it also could not. I'm, and so for me, it was just more, it was just more a matter of like, I didn't know what I didn't know. So, so it was, I was like going in there going, Oh, here are all the things I don't know about working with, with, you know, as a business owner, all the things I don't know about working with business owners. Um, it can be intimidating sometimes. Some, you know, I definitely, there are definitely different types of people I prefer to work with and not work with because it just doesn't like suit my personality. I'm not, I'm not very corporate. I, I don't know if you noticed, I'm, I'm in my playroom. Um, so for me, it's just a matter of, of finding the, the business that works for me and my personality and I don't know, it's, it's like I said, it's not something that I kind of knew what I was missing. So it's not something that I felt like terrible about missing. And I'm actually, I'm actually glad. I mean, like I, I think, I think I did okay. <laughs> like without, without that, that time. And the, and the other, the other, I guess, practical question would be that if you, I guess maybe there's a, there's a expected level of professionalism that, you clearly are comfortable not necessarily bringing to the table. You don't have a nice office that's overlooking some kind of a view. You know, you're you're very upfront about the fact that you're you're a mom. That you that you. I mean, like literally, very few people would probably feel comfortable saying, "I folded laundry and listened to you know uh, strategy classes for 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 a couple of years." Do you feel that that limits you, or and again, I think this is a much broader question in terms of how a person positions themselves in the marketplace. Does that limit you, or that becomes part of your story, which then the the, the businesses that you work with can say this this is a genuine person, and I can and I can build that trust relationship with them. No, definitely. I I think um, for me, listen, I I'm a mom, and my, being a mom is like because I, I've been a mom since I was nineteen. You know, it, it's it's I've been a mom for almost ten years, and it's a very very terrible part of my personality and and of my life and my existence and I, I can't like it's not something I can kind of like be like I, I can't compartmentalize it you know I mean I feel like maybe for men it's a little bit easier to do that to be like you know they're at work they're, at work, they're home they're home and like there's no like never the twain shall meet in a way um but for me like everything is all kind of mixed up and um I don't necessarily think that's a disadvantage uh, I do find it tends to attract the people that I like more um, because, you know, the people who are willing to be flexible and understand that my family is my priority, you know, if they don't understand that, then I don't want to work with them anyway, you know, and at, at some point something was going to give, right, when I, my, my kid would get sick or, like, my kid would run in. I mean, I've had my kids run in onto, onto calls with clients right straight from the bath. We're not going to go, you know, obviously, yeah. So, I mean, and, and like, it was okay. I mean, it was a little embarrassing, but it was okay because it was just people that understood that, like, this is how it is, and I'm giving my best to them. And just because I happen to have given birth to four children does not mean I can't give my best. And I also actually, I actually find that um, a lot of the ways that I um, manage my time as a mom, especially, um, and because 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 before I got met, before I got pregnant, before I started my business, I was a very like I was very productive mother. Um, I got a lot of stuff done and people would always ask me how I got a lot of stuff done. And that was kind of, that's, I kind of translated that to getting things done in my business too. So a lot of things I did like, you know, breaking things down into, you know, you know, if I was making a cake, you know, like, you know, you, you make the cake and then you put it in the freezer and you make the frosting and then you, you know, and then all that kind of stuff you break me down. So I kind of, I kind of translated that to a lot of business stuff too. And, um, so it, it, in a way, yeah, it probably does repel people. It may, some people would be like, I don't, I don't think that's professional or maybe she's not professional enough. And I'm like, okay, great. I don't really want to work with you. 
you know, and it, it's almost, it almost acts as its own filter. Um, people who are not happy with the fact that I'm a mother, like, I, I wouldn't want to work with them either. So it, it works out on both sides. And do you find that that's something that you try to advise clients of yours in terms of turning into what makes them special as opposed to trying to, I mean, I guess it's just, a, it's, it's a, maybe it's a practical question for me, but I think that a lot of people can identify with that is it's like, you know, as a quote unquote, whatever I am, a, I don't know, a dentist office or a rabbi or a whatever it might be, like I fit the bill in some ways. And then like what I really care about is like, you know, a lot of other stuff. To what extent do you have to advise clients to turn into what makes them different? Like how, again, like with you, it's like how often or how upfront are you about the mother thing? Not that it's a problem. It's just like who you are versus, you know, how does that fit in, you know, by the way, digital marketing strategies, by the way, dentist, by the way, rabbi kind of a thing. Mm. Um, well, I mean, like, like, like I said, I kind of put it very, very, I put it very, um, in fact, I'm on my website, I mean, it's pretty much a web page. My web page, it literally says, I'm mom for kids. And, you know, if you ever, ever heard the saying, if you want something done, ask a busy person, then it's true. And I'm that busy person, you know, so it's, I, I just, I kind of just pr project it as kind of like a strength and not a weakness. I don't, I don't see it as a weakness. Um, I think that moms have a lot of, a lot of powers and capabilities and talents that um, that they kind of nat that naturally comes out of them as they parent their children, and um, and I think that that's that's something that's fantastic. And I, I definitely I definitely think that I know authenticity is kind of like this buzzword now. It's like oh my gosh, be authentic and be vulnerable and Brene Brown and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like okay, I, some of it just is like really like cheesy and and, and it's like fake authenticity, which I hate. But um, the, the fact is, there's only so long you can kind of, kind of keep up like a front, you know. So it's one thing if you actually are corporate and you do go to work, you know, and you are, your office is outside of your home and you go and you come back, you know, my, my mom was a lawyer in, in Manhattan, right? So she would put on her suit and she'd leave and she'd come back and she'd be our mom. It was, you know, and she, she quit when we were actually quite young, um, when I, when I was, when I was five. Um, but like, that's how I remember her. And that, that was would kind you, of her. Would you attribute, was, would you attribute the, the quitting to, cause it's an interesting thing because a lot of people, especially I think nowadays really like what they do or feel fulfilled by, again, if you're not like, you know, working in some sweat factory sometime, you know, that you see your work as, as an extension of yourself. Do you feel like that, again, maybe you don't want to, you know, uh, go into this, but do you feel like your mom felt like she had to make that decision between being a, a Manhattan attorney and a mom? And that's kind of why she made that choice. And, and you're not going to quote unquote burn out like that because you're doing both at the same time. Totally not. In fact, she, I mean, she did not want to be, a, she didn't want to be a lawyer. Um, she, by the time she had, you know, she was in law school. She, my parents graduated, my parents are, are amazing people. Um, and they graduated medical school and law school with two children. So, um, yeah, it, they, they really, they're, they're incredible. And so by the time my mom had, I was like, she realized that obviously the life of a lawyer is not like the kind of the best life for being a mother. And she was really, really happy to quit and stay home with us. And that was actually, that was what made me feel so strongly about staying home with my kids because that was like part of her story that she was, that her being home with us was so valuable and being there for us was so valuable that she would rather quit a job that she could have had and, you know, probably made a lot more money, you know, or whatever, obviously than staying at home. Um, so like I, for me, I see that, I saw that as like, that was like her strength, you know, she, she wanted to be with us and, and that's how I feel the same way I feel about my kids. So I'm lucky because I mean, when she was, a mom, when she was a young mom, what I did wasn't even available. I mean, there wasn't, there wasn't this possibility. Now I'm lucky I can work from wherever, from wherever, uh, you know, from my playroom or from, you know, if we're on vacation or if we're not, you know, in, in my bedroom at night, if my kids are driving me crazy, you know, so either way, it doesn't matter. I'm lucky to have this opportunity to be able to, to meld the two. And I think that that's such an important point that um, speaks a lot to the character of your mother and to your character as well is this idea that even if I go to school, even if I set myself up in a certain life path, 
if I find that's not working for me, I have to have the courage and the fortitude to, to go with what I, what I really want to do as opposed to kind of like you said, you know, show up at work every day and not live a life that I want to live. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I think that um, it's funny because I, I, people have asked me before, like, oh, so you know, you're, if your mother's a doctor, your mother's a law, my mother was a lawyer, um, you know, were they like disappointed in you that like you didn't go to college? You know, were they like, and I was like, and I was like, totally not. I mean, they were, they, my parents have been so supportive in like whatever I thought, you know, I tried doing, I tried a lot of things. Like I, I did photography, I did cake decorating, I did like gift baskets. Like I, I'm a very like kind of jack of all trades sort of kind of person. I like to just try things and see um, until I find, kind of came to this. Um, and the reason I like this so much is because it actually takes a lot of different puzzle pieces and puts it together into a marketing strategy. And that's, that, that kind of like works with like my, with my personality. Um, and they're, they're like proud, like they're proud of like whatever I do. There's, you know, they're, they're really fantastic. And I've never felt any sort of like feeling of letting them down by not going to college or, you know, by getting married young or, you know, they've been really supportive of everything I did. And I think, I think you're right. I think like the funny thing is, I think that, it's almost not popular to say <laughs> I like staying home with my kids because you have to have like a higher calling and it's like, you know, you, you, that can't be all you want to do. Right. But here's the, the facts were like when I was just home with my kids, like I was really okay with that. Like I was not like, Oh my goodness, I feel like, you know, unfulfilled because I'm not, you know, um, and I, I was lucky. I found this, I found this work that I enjoy and that I'm good at, you know? Um, but I, it doesn't mean that I feel like I would rather just, I'd rather do this than be with my kids. You know, it's, it's, it's not, it's still to me, being a mom is the most important part for me. And so like, and that's why that's almost not a popular thing to say. It's like, you're supposed to be like, Oh no, but I really felt like I was missing something. I didn't really feel like I was missing something. I was fine. Now, um, definitely, there's definitely a certain level of satisfaction in being able to produce, um, things that don't get immediately destroyed. <laughs> so, um, but it's still, it's still something that is, is not, if, if, if I was, if I had to choose, if I had to, if I had to like turn on and choose, I, I would, I would drop, I would drop this in a second because that's not my main, I, I do this so that I can be with my children. I, I don't, I don't, ha I don't do this so I can do this for the sake of it, if, if that makes sense. No, it makes a lot of sense. And I think also what's important and, and, and you, you, you nailed it on the head with this, with this now that, you know, authenticity and vulnerability is so, uh, um, forefront that now we have to teach people how to be vulnerable, which is by definition, not being vulnerable because you're learning how to do it. Um, right. But, but that, that concept is also goes the other way, which is, you know, in a certain world, let's say if you live in a certain society and you, you know, and, and, it, and it is very much like be the mother and et cetera, et cetera. And you want more to also have the fortitude to say that I am going to push myself out of the, my comfort zone, find a job, get, do start doing stuff. And it's not a bad thing because you know, there are women like you, like when I met people that like, like math, I'm like, wow, that's shocking. I didn't know people like you exist. You know what I'm saying? It's like the same thing. It's like, just appreciate the fact that you're different and then try to fulfill yourself based on what you, what you need. You know, it's a very basic concept that carries with it so much shame nowadays, unfortunately. Yeah. Either, either way, it, it, it really, mom, moms really can't win. Either way, they're gonna, they're, someone's wrong and they're doing something, you know, something wrong. Either it's like, you go out to work and it's like, how can you neglect your children? Then you stay home. You're like, how can you, you know, how, you know, don't you feel like, you know, you're missing something and don't you feel like you're not fulfilled? Either way, like you, you can't win. So there's no point in trying to make anyone like anyone else happy. But, um, I, 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 I didn't, I actually didn't feel when I decided to start doing this kind of thing. Um, it kind of, it did kind of evolve, but like, um, I, I do feel like it's it's a good thing. I think it's I think that um, I think that a lot of women, especially Jewish women, because um, we're you know because we're taught very much about like not being materialistic and you know that money isn't everything and all that kind of stuff. Um, so we're almost like trained to um, I don't want to say like 
be afraid of money or like just you know like money is not necessarily a good thing it's it's just like you, you, you know, feel guilty you feel guilty yeah exactly it's a necessary evil and we got it we got to have it to survive and you know um you know and you shouldn't want to you know have a lot of money because that's like greedy and you know and um for me it's 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 more of like i came to this place where i'm like you know what i want to make a lot of money i want to make a lot of money because this money needs to make up for the fact that the, the time I'm spending making this money um, is the time that I'm not spending with my children. So I may as well make, make this time count as much as possible, right? And if I can make a lot of money and, I don't know, have more guests for Shabbos or, you know, um, give more tzedakah or help people you know, in my family or help people in my community or, like, whatever it is, um, like, there's nothing wrong with that. And I think that um, it's something that I think... I think women struggle with it in general. I think like going and asking for you know asking for money, asking for raises, uh, you know, being willing to charge what they're worth, even if there are men who are like probably doing the same thing and not even as well, and they're charging like double. Um, and I've seen this a lot. Uh, and so I think, and I guess especially for Jewish women, it can also be kind of a hard thing to to be like, no, I'm I'm worth this much money, and I'm gonna ask for it, and it's okay. It's not it's not a bad thing. If, you know, to charge whatever it is you're charging. I think that, you know, it, it also goes back to, I guess, a certain cultural, I guess, at least for Eastern Europeans that, you know, like for so many years, we were sort of in these really bad economic situations where we didn't have any options. And so we sort of associated with, you know, like the, the negative of just a practical situation with what we're supposed to be like, that, it, that it, there's like some, I, I don't know, maybe it's, maybe I'm getting too, too in the weeds with it, but there's like almost like a cultural like challenge with, again, the same thing I encounter a lot of times when I'm very forthcoming about working out and it's like, well, you know, you have to technically keep your body healthy, but it's like, I don't want to be apologetic about the fact that I like working out, that I think it's a great thing. And I think the same thing's true with money. It's like, if you feel like what you're doing is valuable and you feel like it's going to make you a better version of yourself. And obviously if you're highly compensated for what you do, I just personally, and I'm sure you're the same way. It's like, I will show up better if I know that the, if the client has a lot more money on the line, because I want them to get their values worth. And if they're giving it to me for free, or if they're giving it, you know, if I'm giving this crazy discount, I'm like, okay, so I'll talk to you. I'll help you when I can. But, but it's not, it's not like this, my day is going to be built around this because you are putting yourself out there and, and compensating me in, in, a, in a large degree. Oh, no, that's definitely true. And I mean, I find that on both sides. Number one, um, like on, on our side, like you said, you know, kind of making it feel, not, not feeling taken advantage of, right? And so it's, it's hard to like give it your all when you feel taken advantage of. Um, but also on, on, on the side of the client as well, I find that they also, when they have more skin in the game, they will value the work more and they will put more into it too. So it, it, it works on, on both sides. Like I've noticed like the difference sometimes in clients who are paying me a lot and clients are paying me a little and like the, the level of difficulty that I have with them um, is ridiculous ridic because they, the ones who are paying more are like, okay, like, you know, you know what you're doing. Like, I trust that, you know, the ones who are not are the ones who are like DIYers really like, kind of like want a little bit of help here and a little help there. And they're kind of like trying to cut corners everywhere. And it's, it's very exhausting. And I'm, and I'm not saying those people don't need help. And that's why, that's actually why I started um, not just doing done for you services, but also offering trainings and, and doing programs that are lower cost that I help people do, you know, I do things with them because sometimes people can't afford to hire things out completely, you know, and that's okay. So um, I want to be able to help those people too, which is why I've been doing this. But when it comes to like my time and the two years, and I, I probably can say like I'll double it because if you want to say two years and you have to also explain, you know, also do like double it with the, 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 the nights that I spent not sleeping. Um, so all that time spent learning and doing and practicing and all that kind of stuff is, is worth something, is worth a lot. And so, um, and that's, that's okay. You know, it's, it's, it's not a bad thing. 
I, I, you know, I got to, I'm going to nail this. Then we just have to, we, I would love to, I would love to slightly transition to also what you're, what you're, you're clearly very phenomenal about this stuff, but also a little bit more in your, in your professional realm. But I think that that point is so crucial that a lot of times, you know, for, th if you, if you figure out what the value is, let's say, what is the value of a marketing strategy that works? It's going to bring you, you know, 10 times, two times, just double the clients that you have right now. Like what's the value worth? And you're like, oh, well, you know, everything. <clears throat> but then, you know, a lot of times people say like in, in the coaching space, it's like, oh, do I have to actually pay that much? Like I thought you like helping people. And the reality is I'm not doing it for me. Like if you, th every time I've hired a coach and I'm looking at, I'm like, there's no way I can afford this. And I have to get every sense you know, every, every cent out of this worth it, if I'm going to go for it, that's the, that's the thing that actually made me appreciate it. So I think what you're saying is 100% on point for a person that, that is not used or doesn't want to because information is so free nowadays, why would I ever want to pay? The answer is, well, because you might want to actually get some results as opposed to just swimming in the, you know, endless world of, of, of free okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, let's, absolutely. Yeah. Let's pivot a little bit. Digital marketing strategist. So, uh, not to try to you know some squeeze some free information out of you, but like what what are the what are the what are the I mean you know there's there's so much out there that you like you said there's funnels there's all kinds of different platforms. What are the basics that a person should be asking themselves? A, a, a single person that's trying to build let's say like a certain practice, a dental. I keep going back to dental practices or coaching practices to a company. What should you be asking yourself? When should you be hiring out? what should you be learning about? Like, it's just like such a big space that it becomes very intimidating to figure out like, what is the strategy? Oh, for sure. Listen, I mean, like you said, a dental practice and a coaching practice are going to be two completely different things and their, their clients may be in, in two completely different places. But I think the first thing to think about is who you're serving, right? So, and then, you know, you have to be very, very clear on that, right? That, I mean, dental practice is a little more broad because I mean, you can technically serve a three-year-old a three to a 90-year-old. But um, if you think about like in general, who's the, who's the main person you're serving? Usually probably the parents, not the three-year-olds, you know, and maybe the, you know, from let's say parents onwards to like the middle-aged or whatever, you're going to be like, okay, fine. So where, where do they hang out? Where, you know, where can I reach them? You know, often that, that will be Facebook. Facebook is a pretty broad, um, it's a pretty broad spectrum of, of users. Um, I think probably the broadest besides, you know, as, as a social media platform, for example, right? But, you know, you might use Google, you might use YouTube, but it's really a matter of figuring out um, who your person is and then how you can serve them and bring them in to your paid products, right? So it's, it's a lot about like, that customer journey of that no like trust factor where it's like, Often, like things like people like dentists, um, like you need a lot of you need a lot of social proof. You need you you want to at least if someone's not going to refer you directly, then at least you want to see like real people who had real experiences with like for example this dentist that were happy with it, right? So um, so that then it's a matter of figuring out what's going to speak to your target audience, um, what's going to bring them in, what is what is the thing that makes the most sense. And I think what, the place where a lot of people get mixed up is like they just want to kind of like oh, I want ads, you know, like just like I want to put an ad in the newspaper and throw money at ads. Right. But the thing is, but until you know exactly what is going to really be bringing people in, it's hard to, you shouldn't be throwing tons of money there because you need to be able to mimic that customer journey in a paid format. Um, and that way you can reach more people. So if you think, if you think, I don't know, for, as a dentist, you should be like, okay, offer like a free cleaning if it's your first visit, you know, and then target the people in your neighborhood that will probably work really well because like, why not? Just want to get a free cleaning. And then once you're in there, then this can potentially upsell them to all kinds of things. Um, you know, or for, I mean, for a coach as well, I, I found, I found a lot of times that testimonial videos just worked so well because when you see real people who had real results from this coach, um, and you already know this person and they've been speaking to you through their content, through the value they're giving, 
then um, then it becomes much easier to make that decision. And so, and every kind of business has their own level of value they give. You know, whereas um, you know, a dentist, for example, might be doing a weekly Facebook Live about you know taking care of your teeth and when you need to know, like when when you do need a root canal and when you can just kind of like take an aspirin and you know power through or, or you know all this kind of stuff. You have to think about the questions people are asking and then answer them. And then, I mean, depending on what it is you're doing, if it's an actual service, then there's only so much that you can tell them without actually doing it for them. And there's going to be a certain level of people who are going to come to you saying, can you do it for me? And there's going to be a certain level of people who, like, for example, with coaching or with marketing, are going to say, can you help me do this? Or can you teach me how to do this myself? And that's kind of the three, especially online with online education, there's kind of the three levels is the DIY, the done with you, and the done for you. And so um, done for you is obviously going to be the most expensive because it's, it's your time. So you're, you're charging for your time. I hope that makes sense. So, There's yeah, a lot. No, absolutely. I totally understand. So I think what do you tell clients when they are concerned? I guess, you know, that, that I think specificity is, is much more the name of the game nowadays because you try to find your specific micro tribe, whatever you want to say, the small group of people that highly identify with what you're, what you're talking about, as opposed to back in the old days where you try to like hit this mass market. Um, how do you help people or do you find that that's the job of the of the, the the client to figure out how to tailor their services or messages to the to the right group? Or what are some questions that you want to ask yourself as a business owner when I'm trying to figure out who am I actually selling to? With that kind of overarching fear that I'm going to offend or not have you know a bunch of people sign up who would theoretically be just as good clients by by being selective. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like I think that's that's the thing that people struggle with the most is kind of like that like the, like the, the you know say the riches are in the niches but it's very hard to be very 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 specific because you're like like you said you're scared but um, often when when you when you when you're much more specific you can charge much higher prices because because you're a specialist in that specific area you know for example if you like I don't know do Facebook ads for e-commerce then and you only do Facebook ads for e-commerce you're going to probably be much better than someone who does Facebook ads for everything right and so it does work. And then the cool thing is you can kind of create that, like you kind of, you end up automatically attracting people around you, you know, to you that are your people because you're so clear about what, what you do and who you serve. But it doesn't need to be as specific as that. You know, you could say, I serve, you know, moms who are, you know, moms who, mom, mom business owners. All right. So, um, you know, mom business owners who are, who are hitting, who are consistently hitting, I don't know, 5K a month or so in their businesses and want to scale higher. So, you know, everything you do, whenever, whenever you think about what do I offer and how do I, you know, what questions are they asking, you think about it from that perspective. Because these people are not asking the questions, how can I go from making a million to 10 million? Okay, they're asking the questions, how can I, I know, how can I scale? How can I hire? Who do I hire? Um, you, know, you know, what can I do myself? Because at that point, they're still doing some things themselves, right? So it's really, it, 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 the, the more specific you get in a way, the easier it is to know what, they, what they're looking for because, like I said, I, it could be a very, very broad spectrum of, of, of business. If you're serving business owners, you can't say, oh, I serve business owners. There are so many of them. You know, you, you can't do that. So either I serve, you know, you could serve local business owners, you could serve online business owners, you could serve coaches or whatever it is. But um, it's much easier for you then to attract these kinds of people because you're literally pulling them in through what you're offering them. And what you're saying, um, and that's like that's what I said for me. Like with the mom thing, it work, it work, it works for me because I, I do tend to attract moms. It, it, it's just something that tends to happen, um, which I prefer in a way because I can be as forgiving as they can. You know, when they when their kids are sitting in their lap during a call, and my kids are sitting in my lap during a call, no one's complaining. 
because like we both get it. This is just how it is. So, which, which is what just happened literally like right before I, right before I got on here, I had, was on a call with another mom who's actually in Germany. So she's a couple hours away from me. And, um, my kids were running in and her kids were on top of her and it was fine because we were moms and we, we both know we had to deal with it. And we managed to have a very productive conversation nonetheless. So um, it's really a matter, like I said, that also helps when, when you say when you're, when you're being that polarizing, um, whatever, however you're being polarizing, it really will automatically kind of attract people you want to attract and push away the people you want to push away. And, and that's not a bad thing. Yeah, I love that. So it actually does does tie tie back very nicely to this idea that I guess you have to unapologetically kind of be yourself and be honest with who you are. Because I imagine that most business owners, for you, for me, for you know uh, anybody really, kind of knows who they would ideally want to work with and right. you know, what it, what they look like, what they're interested. In. But it just there's that fear, I guess you could say, of well, I don't want to disqualify myself by saying this is the this is the market I really care about by you know by offending everybody else. But ultimately, like you're saying that arriving back to that center and just kind of unapologetically being well like kind of like this is what i like is is the solution not only in your life but also within your business definitely and it's funny that you brought that up because um well i just it made, me, made me think of something when i was um when i was at funnel hacking live which is this big conference uh, a few months ago it was in february um so i not having ever like i said not having ever been in corporate and being a very religious woman um went there and i was like hey i don't shake guys hands and um and then someone was like to me like you totally could like it's okay because like you know it's for work i was like it's really not like i'm not going to get fired if i don't shake someone's hand and if i you know if i tell someone if i tell someone that i'm you know I'm, i can't shake his hand because of my religious beliefs and he doesn't like it then i'm like okay great i won't work with you you know plenty of other fish in the sea it doesn't bother me and it actually i found that people actually respect <laughs> i mean it was it was funny some people about let's say five percent of people looked at me very weirdly and were like okay like you're weird. And I was like, okay, have a nice day. Um, but most people were very, very um, respectful of it. And, you know, really, like, I literally had guys like jumping in front of me, like in front of other guys saying, hey, yo, she can't shake your hand. Um, <laughs> because, because like they knew and like, there was, she goes, okay, that's that, that, that weird lady from Israel who doesn't shake hands, but she's cool, you know, and, and it, and it was okay. And it was, it was, it was, I'm not saying it wasn't nerve wracking. It really was. It was a little bit awkward and I had to definitely find different ways to kind of avoid it sometimes. But um, I, I didn't feel like I needed to compromise on who I was, you know, just because I happened to be in a, in a situation, a different situation, right? Because like I said, I'm my own boss. I don't need to work with someone if I don't want to. No one's going to fire me if I don't shake someone's hand, right? I'm not going to get in trouble. And if someone thinks I'm a little odd, they'll think I'm a little odd and I won't work with them. There are so many people who would and that, and, and that's okay. And, and it, it, it was, it was very interesting. It was a very, it was the first time I ever put in such, put in that situation, but um, it, it ended up being totally fine. And like, it made me feel a lot more confident about not going back next year. So I think it's going to be okay. It's it's amazing, and I don't know if you meant to tie it together in such a nice nice little box, but it but it definitely did um, kind of come full circle, and that's fantastic. I really want to be respectful of your time because this was super. This was awesome. I really enjoyed it. What? How do people find you? Learn more about you and what you do. Um, okay, so you can find me on my website at elbendahan.com and um, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all places at elbendahan. Uh, like the T H E, and um, yeah, I I kind of show up there. I go go live on Facebook a lot about different parts of marketing and um you know feel free to send me a message and sure send me an email wherever it is you can find me through my website or through my social media amazing yeah oh, thank you so much for the time i really appreciate it my pleasure have a great day thank you there you have it folks another inspiring episode if you enjoyed this i ask you to please share this with your friends and to like us over on rabbi rup 
through Facebook or on YouTube. And the more that we're able to get these important messages out, the more that we can really make an impact in the world. So I encourage you, please, to stay tuned. Uh, We have a ton of amazing speakers coming up and also to tell your friends about it. Thank you very much.